This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I was younger and I wish I hadn't. I should have known better then, uh, but I didn't and I did it and I am deeply sorry for it. And he says he's also spoken to uh, some of his racialized colleagues. Called them this morning. Now, I don't know to what extent, but uh, let's just find out how this is being processed in such communities. Joining me on the line right now is Jasper and Singh Sandhu. He's a senior consultant with Crestview Strategy, but uh, was at one time the exec director of the World Sikh Organization of Canada, where he oversaw national and local advocacy campaigns, community initiatives, stakeholder management, and government relations. Mr. Sandhu, nice to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So, uh, how is your community reacting to this whole affair? I think we ought to start off by saying that the the picture in question is in fact racist, uh, yeah. and the the, you know, the prime minister or Mr. Trudeau has agreed as much. And uh, it's troubling because uh, you know you talk to uh, kids who grew up uh, in you know in cities like Brampton, where I'm from, uh, and I saw this firsthand. Uh, you know, yet kids get, get their turbans knocked off that were made fun of uh, because of their skin color growing up. Uh, and things like blackface or brownface, uh, you know, plays to those taunts and in and, and some mockery of, uh, of uh, racialized communities. So how would you account for uh, the leader of a G7 country being tone deaf to this reality? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little shocking because, you know, back in 2001, uh, you know, this was considered racist then as well. Uh, so the the simple excuse of, well, you know, I didn't know then, and now we know better, and, and, and I think that's a little troublesome is when Ms. Trudeau says we, like the royal we. You know, people knew it was, it was wrong then, and, and there were a lot of activists and folks uh, on the ground who were working really hard to fight that type of racism back in 2001. Um, you know, he was 29 at the time. You know, 20 years has passed, uh, and I, I think there is an argument to be made that, well, you know, his, his work in a lot of different areas or his government's work in a lot of different areas would seem to indicate that diversity and inclusion are important. Uh, but we have to be mindful that this was racist. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you're apologizing because you're caught and you didn't come out in, in advance to share why this is problematic and why this moment in the past is now a teaching moment for why diversity and inclusion is so important to you now. Well, that's an interesting take as well. Uh, since he knew about this, obviously, uh, how come he didn't preempt all of this? It had to be discovered by somebody in OPPO research on a campaign trail. Uh, do you find that disquieting? Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm a lawyer by uh, by background, and uh, in law, uh, you know, before you're uh, ever convicted or charged of something, if you know you did something wrong or illegal, and, and you come and disclose that yourself pro- proactively. That's considered good faith. That's taken into account when you go through sentencing. It's something that's encouraged. Um, that's the court of law. The court of a public opinion, while less formal, is, is much more ruthless sometimes. And Trudeau, if, if he was uh, going to take the aggressive stance that the Liberal Party has taken through their war room, and you know, rightfully so, calling out uh, you know often opposition candidates in the Conservative Party uh, for discriminatory or problematic statements. You would think that they would know of their own problematic uh, images of their leader uh, and that he would proactively come out and say, look, you know, this is something I did in the past that was wrong, uh, but that doesn't uh, mean that what the Conservative candidates have done is is any less so, and this is why it's important for us to call it out. Uh, Instead, what you have is a feeling of hypocrisy and inconsistency with uh, Mr. Trudeau and the Liberal 
uh, war uh, rooms uh, actions over the last you know, eight days of the, the campaign where they called out a lot of conservative candidates for problematic statements, once again, rightfully so. Uh, but then they also didn't give any leeway to, well, you know, you, get, you can't just apologize this, these issues away. Well, you know, now, now what? When it's your own leader that's been caught in something uh, like that. So you're suggesting it speaks to character? Yeah, I think it speaks to obviously a uh, privileged upbringing. Um, you know, when we could talk about issues like white privilege and, and uh, socioeconomic privilege, uh, people like Trudeau would enjoy that. You know, he obviously doesn't understand and, and never experienced racism. Uh, and that speaks uh, to at least uh, the reason why you see now a pattern of multiple uh, images that. That's, that are very racist of uh, blackface and brownface now, uh, that speaks to why he wouldn't have seen that as offensive when he was younger. Um, and uh, one can only hope that you, know, you move away from that and you recognize why that was wrong proactively, um, irrespective of what you may have believed at the time. Well, does it also, uh, in last night, for example, I mean, yeah, the mea culpas and the apologies and I'm pissed off at myself and so on and so forth, but uh, was he maybe lacking in a certain degree of introspection as well? Yeah, I think there's two things that really stood out on that apology. If you just look at it from, uh, you know, a crisis communication kind of perspective, um, there, was, there was some elements of it that just didn't make it feel as sincere as it could have been. I don't know, it's good that he apologized, it's good that he came out and, and expressed that his you know, a, a, a pissed off of myself if we want to quote directly from him. Uh, at the same time, you know, he, he uses the royal we when kind of uh, putting blame, that, you know, now we know better. Well, you know, that's maybe a little unfair. Uh, I think people knew then, too, that it was racist. Um, you have things like where he refused to call it brown face and, and instead said, you know, I put makeup on. Um, no, you know, makeup is like, you know, if you're dressed as a clown and you put some white powder and red bright lipstick, that's makeup. Uh, putting brown face or black face, that's not. You're, you're mimicking and, and mocking a, a uh, color of skin. Uh, that's very different than makeup. Uh, and you have things like, uh, you know, again, it goes back to the point that I made. At the end of the day, he, he's, he's a white male, grew up in a privilege. You know, it, and at the same time, I don't expect him to be like, I understand what racism is, because he never actually had to deal with or experience it the way that people of color across this country have. But a little more sincerity and, you know, maybe spilling your guts a little bit more on why this is wrong and, you know, even maybe explaining a little bit more why he didn't proactively come out with this, especially when he took such an aggressive stance on calling out past indiscretions of conservative or opposition candidates in the first week of this campaign. You made that the central focus of uh, the liberal uh, campaign strategy, and now it's blown up in your face. Well, in his just completed press conference, we heard him uh, really cite the litany of uh, progressive initiatives that deal with racism and marginalized communities or racialized communities and so on and so forth. Does that in any way mitigate things or exculpate them? Look, there are definitely mitigating factors. Uh, I'm not going to dismiss um, you know, a lot of those progressive or, uh, you know, uh, agenda items that, uh, you know, do help uh, with diversity and inclusion in this country. Uh, what we have to remember, though, is this is an election campaign, uh, and we have to see actions in light of that. We can't just look at them in a vacuum. And when you look in light of the campaign, you know, this has been a really tough election for people of color. Uh, this is one that's really exposed a lot of uh, you know, racism uh, problems within Canada, whether it's Bill 21, 
uh, and legislating discrimination in a province in Canada that's impacting Sikhs and Muslims disproportionately, uh, whether it's the PPC, who's more than happy to use racism or, uh, or try to generate hysteria around mass immigration, which is obviously not true, uh, whether it's the Green Party taking defections from the New Brunswick NDP members who openly on the record said, we don't want to be part of the NDP because racism means we probably don't win, uh, especially when you look at Jagmeet Singh's uh, skin color and the, the turban he wears, which is ironic when considered against this brown face image of a turtle with a brown, uh, brown face and a turban. You know, you can pull up a lot of different examples, including the ones that were already pulled out about conservative candidates. And this is kind of a a really tough election for people of color because it, it's been uh, really difficult as someone who was born and raised in Canada and knows that, you know, uh, or, or is, a, is a, a citizen in Canada or a resident of Canada and really trying to make this their, their home as well and build this country further, uh, to sit back and be like, we know Canada's better than this, we know Canada can do better than this, but this election has been fairly frustrating for people of color of, uh, of, of all backgrounds. All right, so finally, uh, for racialized communities in Canada, is this something that they can get past, uh, accept his apology and contrition as being authentic, or is he irretrievably damaged? I think for many folks of racialized communities across Canada, you know, there will be some that will say, like, you know, this, this is good enough. Like, we accept the apology, uh, and his actions speak louder than his words, which, is, which has merit. You know, don't get me wrong. Uh, there's others that are going to say that, well, you know, this really strikes at the brand of Justin Trudeau. This brand of like diversity and inclusion is super important, and we have to call it out when we see it. Uh, but then trying to hide your own indiscretions from the past and only speaking to it when when uh, discovered through whether it's opera research or you know a former student or a colleague of his that had us that's nicely taught at kind of bringing it to light. Um, what this I think it harms uh, uh, Trudeau and, and the Liberal Party is. It really sucks all the energy and the ammunition they had stockpiled against conservative candidates uh, to call out on their own problematic statements uh, because now the Liberal Party has essentially lost all credibility uh, around calling out uh, other folks. Uh, and that hurts because you have an upcoming debate where the PPC and Maxine Bernie is going to be on the stage as well, um, which is problematic because, well, now. Maxime can always just put up the defense that, well, I, I can make any statement I want. It's not like you're any better, Mr. Trudeau. So there's that tactical disadvantage and aggravating factor now that the Liberal Party's going to have to deal with uh, in a campaign that's already been very tough for the Liberals. All right. It uh, will be an interesting next four and a half weeks uh, leading up to October 21. Uh, Mr. Sandu, I appreciate your weighing in this afternoon. Thank you for having me. You got it. Jaskaran Singh Sandhu, Senior Consultant with Crestview Strategy and uh, former Exec Director of the World Sikh Organization of Canada. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.